0: You're listening to City is Playground, a podcast by Leadership Foundations, and I'm Rick Enloe, and I'm here with Dave Hillis. Hey there, Rick. Man, it's great to be together. You know, we uh, had a chance to sort of collaborate a little bit on that uh, quarterly call uh, recently where we had, what, almost 40 people on the phone.
1: Yeah, in fact, it's, uh, it's, our, it's called our Leadership Foundation Leadership Council, and this is a group of about 25 people that... Um, You know, they don't have enough time to be on our board, but uh, are very committed to leadership foundations, and so they meet on a quarterly basis to listen or talk about LF, and uh, so we had the great privilege of hosting our first board chair and first founder, and you, of course, have stepped into a role of moderating that as well, and so we had, I think, more than 40 people join us here about a week and a half ago to listen to Jerry Colangelo and Reed Carpenter.
0: Well, that was it was great, great to be a part of for sure. and and it was timely because uh, the fact that we were hearing from the first you know the founder and the first board chair since 2018 does mark the 40th anniversary of leadership foundations. And so yeah. uh, it, it kind of uh, gives us the opportunity to turn on that idea and also uh, you know while looking back at, at the uh, LF journey, we can also uh, kind of look ahead and, and be informed you know, uh, as to where where God is taking things.
1: Yeah, I, uh, you know, anytime an anniversary rolls around, um, I'm always mindful of what Eugene Peterson said, who, of course, has translated the Bible into the message and written a number of books. But he's got one book called um, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. And that phrase uh, for him actually comes out of the Psalms. And it was him trying to kind of describe, you know, what this life of faith looks like. And uh, so, um, you know, I think that that phrase really captures it in many ways. Um, I think that when you think about Reed and Sam and, you know, what they initially kind of thought about and dreamed about in terms of leadership foundations and the fact that we're still here 40 years later in the midst of all the ups and downs and you know, going sideways and backwards and, right. you know, just huge moments of like, I don't know if we're going to make it to the end of the week and yeah. other times feeling like the, you know, the sun is literally kind of shone on us. Um, I think, uh, you know, a long obedience in the same direction probably captures it as well as anything.
0: Yeah. Well, and I also think about, you know, uh, any of us who have playground memories, city as playground is our podcast. And also mm-hmm. the, you know, the title of, of your book, but it's, uh, you know, we it does seem like playground life is either, uh, you know, pushing each other around in the bushes and laughing, or there's some giant argument, or everybody <laughs> has to go home, or you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like if there's a lot of that uh, that mirrors what's happened. But the, the 40th anniversary, uh, you know, a lot, there's not that many organizations that have that kind of a uh, history. You know, as an organization, a lot of a lot of organizations spin out. You know, in this second or third decade. In fact, I know when Jim Collins uh, wrote his book, you know, Good to Great. Which some of his companies have now gone from good to great to like not good, you know, so it's kind of unraveled but <laughs> yeah. but one of his criteria was this longevity yeah. you know he had that was one of the things he looked at, and uh why do you think uh you know looking back or even remembering is uh you know or if you do think that it's a virtue but i mean it seems like that, that there's something uh that's important about that
1: yeah i uh I mean that's a great question, Rick, and I, I want to maybe think about this with you from from two vantage points. One of the really interesting pieces of of liturgy, particularly in the you know kind of liturgical churches, of course, is the is the Eucharist and you know the celebration of it. But there's this, of course, moment where you remember where the priest or the celebrant of the of the you know Mass will say. Uh, and we do this in remembrance of right, me. Right. That word remembrance, um, uh, is the word, uh, animesis. And I don't always pronounce it right, but, but in effect it's, it's, you know, uh, do this in memory, uh-huh. but the power of the word, interestingly enough, is that in the act of remembering, you make something present. And one of the things that, that I would, you know, kind of argue for uh, in the Scripture is the many, many times that, that God or Jesus will say now, you know, remember. Uh, right. Because it's not just remember those good old times. Um, it's remember how I was faithful. Remember how I was good. And in the very act of remembering, um, you will now make that present. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, it becomes an actuality right. that you can begin to live out of. And of course that in a Catholic context or an Orthodox context, that's the genius of mass is that it, this thing that took place now becomes real right now. Yeah, And I, I think for LF or for any organization that is, you know, going through an anniversary thinking about you know, those things that, uh, you know, were built upon, that were a part of our history. Um, You know, we certainly want to give that honor, but probably more importantly, we want to give it honor in such a way that it becomes today a living reality. In other words, and not to kind of weird our listeners out, but, you know, we want to remember Sam Shoemaker um, and, you know, who and what he was. But we want to remember him in such a way that that spirit of Sam, you know, that right. belief that the city uh, can become as famous for God as it was for steel, that it can become actually God's playground, becomes our reality today in yeah. any one of our cities where Elifish is uh, serving throughout the world.
0: Yeah, that's why I I've li- I've like that, that uh, I guess the word uh, for re- remembrance to revisit, to actually visit once again, you know, to to go uh, sit down in that same spot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, maybe even to use the Jim Collins idea, I think that one of the disciplines of a good organization, um, quite frankly, um, is to, um, you know, avoid, you know, two extremes and and probably try to find that third way. I mean, one extreme is that all you do is live in the past, you know, our best days were always behind us and you know you come to a conference or you come to a you know some kind of workshop and and really what it becomes is just telling old stories um about when men were men and giants roamed the face of the earth (laughs) the other side of course is to kind of you know constantly be jettisoning your past so there's no you know institutional memory and you're only as good as the most relevant article that was read this week and you're always adjusting accordingly. Right. Um, I think I think the organization that that does sustain itself, that is around, uh, kind of threads that needle of we're going to remember, but not in a way that it holds us ransom, um, but in a way that it empowers us now to live, you know, in relevant, contextual ways today.
0: Yeah, and when you think about the, um, you know, the the framework of. The memories. I mean, the the actual theological and uh, and I would actually say even you know um, you know anthropological. You know, the way we work with each other. Those things are those are not uh, uh, historical in the sense that they they, you know they could only work when you know forty years ago. I mean, so those things are alive today. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what you are saying that you uh, we once we have to hang on to what is you know timeless.
1: Yeah, that's, that's just such a good comment and uh, you know maybe two further comments to that. Um, the first is that James Allison who's been a, an influential uh, theologian I know for you and for myself and uh, others and good friend of Leadership Foundations, that's part of his argument is that um, if it's true by definition it's timeless. Yeah. Um, and so you know one of the things that you see time and time again is that while it happens in a historical moment I mean, right. there's no doubt that there's a date attached to it. There was a king that lived at the time. There was a group of people. Um, part of the way that it is, um, you know, verified is, is whether or not it can, you know, continue to be true. Um, thus, it's timelessness. Well, the only way you carry that forward, of course, is, is through memory. Right. Um, the second, I think, really important person in this, and I've, again, uh, deep... Uh, just appreciation is Walter Brueggemann. And Walter uh, actually is living, he's a, an Old Testament scholar and has just, again, written a number of books that really are important. But one of his best books, I think, is called The Prophetic Imagination. And he is in that book trying to look at the Isaiahs and Jeremiahs and Ezekiels of this world and say, well, what was it, right? I mean, what what made these kind of sort of different, odd, you know, human beings be the prophetic people they are. And, of course, uh, if you know Brueggemann, um, what he's trying to argue against is it's not this sort of comical, um, you know, imitation or impression we have of prophets that somehow they can figure out the future. Right. Um, it's, it's, It's women and men who actually have a very clear sense of what is taking place and... His whole point is is that one of the ways that they accurately are able to describe, um, you know, what's going on, and in fact become then you know a vehicle of God, is memory, Um, and and it was the prophet um, who uniquely lived in a way of going, you've forgotten people, Israel, you you've, you've lost your bearings, and so my prophetic word is not a new word as much as it is a old word recontextualized, remembered, um, and thus it becomes, you know, really a, a foundation then for the future. And right. so- Repurposed. Repurposed, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's the word. And
0: I think there's, uh, and Brueggemann also, you know, helps us understand that, I think, I mean, I'm making this up right now, but I think uh, based <laughs> on what you were saying, that uh, an organization that has, uh, is creative and has a, an imagination, you know, it's, it's related, to their ability to, to remember and recontextualize what was happening, you know, because, you know, imaginative groups are always, you know, people are like, wow, you know, what a great organization such great imagination. Yeah. But I think he, when when he writes, he, he, you know, helps us connect to the fact that, yeah, because, uh, it's not really imagination is not necessarily something brand new, but it's just repurposing what has always been true, you know, in in our context. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for you uh, making that up, you uh, you made it <laughs> well, up well. <laughs> I just was trying to restate what
0: I think you said, but I, I'm not always right about that. But uh, so uh, one of the things that we want to do for the next, uh, you know, s- uh, sort of group of podcasts is to take time and and uh, and ask ourselves what brought LF to this place, and let's let's remember and repurpose, you know, those things that that we know about. And uh, in fact, we, we have been we. We just finished a series of podcasts about uh, Eucharistic leadership. We, st- we started that when we were in high school, and we just finished <laughs> that. <laughs> no, it was about a year, I think, but it was good. But, but, uh, uh, but some people may be excited about the fact that we're moving on. Uh, but, yeah, we want to talk about, uh, well, I-, I think we've kind of divided into seven different, um, I don't know, like uh, leadership eras or, or contributions, you know, over time. In mm-hmm. seven different points, and we'd like to sort of take those apart in the next seven podcasts and ask ourselves, uh, you know, what is it, um, you know, that we remember and that that has become part of uh, of of who we are.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe even to put a finer point on it, Rick. Um, again, to use a Brugman idea, um, he talks about that that this this sort of repurposing memory that its net effect uh, is that it then re-energizes you know, the movement yeah. or the nation or the people sure. you know, for such a time as this. So what, what we've tried to do um, is just think through um, in the midst of, you know, again, 40 years of memories, um, what are some of those moments, those places, those people that we think in the act of, of again, remembering them um, they will then uh, in turn, you know, re-energize us for what we hope will be our, our next 40 years. And, you know, when you have 40 years uh, to kind of curate um, and you know you've got to edit it down, um, much is going to be left, you know, kind of on, the, on the, uh, the drawing table. But I do think that we've uh, been able to kind of, um, yeah, bundle some of these things together and say that there was something about that moment or that period of time or that decision that, you know, the way I would maybe describe it, Rick, is that it it was a multiplier. You know, it kind of moved LF Mm -hmm. um, exponentially to a space, uh, you know, as we continue to try to think about, you know, cities as playgrounds that really, um, yeah, had almost an effect above and beyond what just took place but it had repercussions to it so well
0: and i think when we look back we're gonna hear voices and what's fortunate for uh for us is that a lot of those voices are still speaking today so we can yeah, they're still we alive. Can actually, <laughs> Yeah, we can hear them so we have some clips we can play that will be um yeah kind of little uh jewels uh and then also um we might even get some people on the phone during this series and you know ask them a couple questions and again if uh, any of our listeners have questions they think you know what i I would, I've always wondered about this then send us an email at leadershipfoundations.org and uh, you know, we'll, we'll represent those questions uh, when we're talking to uh, the different folks that, that have brought us to this place I also think uh, there are events you know, that uh, those voices are around
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know, it's so interesting how you know, the old 40-40 uh, hindsight thing you know, but you really can't see God at work looking back you know you just see mm-hmm. what what you, you weren't able to see at the time and and even now we look forward we're thinking well you know we're trusting you know and uh, we know that there's you know there's great possibilities but when you look back you, you know it's there's a reassurance that comes over you
1: yeah 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 and so i mean i think in light of that um that was a big uh reason for us deciding to to do this 40th uh campaign and the center and maybe i can make a couple comments about that. Yeah. Uh, but to your point, Rick, is that it was actually um, you know, in the midst of beginning to shape uh, the 40th campaign uh, to think about something like the, the center that we can talk about, um, that began to coalesce these, these things as we look back over our, our shoulder. And, uh, and that has already been a, a wonderfully enjoyable element that as we've thought about the future, we recognize the absolute immediacy of uh, the past, mm-hmm. and as we drill down into the past and begin to recover and repurpose some of these memories, um, what it did, of course, was you know kind of purport us into the future. And so, you know, again, if our listeners can imagine, it's this iterative process, as you described, between you know what was and what will be um yeah. you know what can be and what actually took place and the you know the voices and the moments um all surrounding that so yeah. that was great so you know the uh, the 40th just a, a little bit of a, a history um we were at a board meeting uh elf board meeting about Gosh, you know, almost a year ago in Dallas, and as oftentimes is the case with board meetings, um, you know, everybody's doing well, and, you know, we're high-fiving each other for the new leadership foundations coming on board and the new ways that uh, we're being able to serve cities. And at some point, you get to that financial report, sure, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and you feel that the, the temperature begins to, uh, to uh, go down. And So it was in that context that uh, one of our board members, Bill Milliken, who has been a voice on this podcast— who is the founder of communities and schools? Mm-hmm. Um, it was he and Reed that were, you know, these Pittsburgh guys that did what God did with them. But he said, you know, like communities and schools, what I think Leadership Foundation should do uh, is celebrate its its history. And you're in 2018, going to be 40 years old. And of course, there was a number of us sitting around that table, going, "Really? We're going to be 40?" I mean, <laughs> we were so kind of caught up in the weeds, we had yeah. lost sight of that. And so really to Bill's great credit, he just said let's, uh, let's create a capital campaign around um, the 40th and uh, with the idea of building again on our history but really beginning to make investment moving forward. So in pretty quick order, our board along with LFLC members and staff put together um, the 40th campaign, which is a $12.5 million campaign that we are uh, hoping it looks like some people are here to pick you up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, well, no, I thought that was great. That we didn't even have to add the soundtrack. It's just the excitement of the campaign <laughs> has, has forced the first responders into action. That's right. Yeah.
1: That's right. So the, uh, the, uh, 40th was put together. It's a, it's a 12 and dollar campaign that, that principally, uh, is raising the money, uh, to invest in the bridge span recommendations that, uh, you know, we were received uh, three years ago, as well as to continue to invest in our baseline and, and ancillary services to uh, to help our local leadership foundations and a number of other things. So we're about three months into that and making, making great progress. The other piece, though, was the recognition that if it's really going to be a 40th, um, then, you know, we need to kind of drill down into again, some of this stuff that you just talked about in terms of what was it, you know, yeah. what, how, do we, how do we build on the legacy that was given to us? And so it was in that context that uh, we decided to create uh, the Colangelo Carpenter Innovation Center. And this is, of course, uh, a center that's gonna be based in Washington, D.C. It will um, exist. To create innovation for the, the larger network, but as importantly, to really honor our first board chair, which was Jerry Colangelo, and of course the founder of LF Reed Carpenter. Yeah. So <clears throat> we uh, we have put that together, and we are out uh, working hard right now. And and uh, and I, I think it's uh, it's really again quite exciting to see um, what that means um, you know for LF moving forward. So it was in that context, of course, that we have then then. Further begin to curate and collect uh, what are those important building blocks those memories that um, that really are uh, worth celebrating uh, worth you know honoring uh, yeah. in our 40th moving forward so
0: well, that's really great because it that actually is uh, exactly what you're talking about how by looking at you know the heritage it uh, it begins to sort of motivate the future mm-hmm. and I think uh, you know I recently had a uh, took my car in, you know, which my car is just this bi- bi- faithful, faithful vehicle. I mean, I never hardly pay attention to it. It just takes me all over the place. But the guy said to me, uh, it's been a while. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so I, I think we should, ha- you know, it needs a tune-up. And I said, well, what what exactly is, is a tune-up? You know, I mean, what yeah. does that mean? And, of course, I was mostly thinking about, you know, expense and things like that. But he said, well, it's a – what we're going to do is we're going to um, – we're going to set it, uh, you know, back to its historic, you know, position. Like all the things that have kind of drifted, hmm. you know, uh, just the settings, you know, and just the. We're just going to bring it back, you know, to stock. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty good thing for all of us. A lot of times to say, okay, you know, we've been we're down the road.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We got a lot of miles under mm-hmm. us, but it's just it's healthy to uh to go come back to those original settings you know why are we doing this uh what were those original voices that that you know got us up that's a great image yeah Yeah. Yeah. so I think that's uh and then like you said what happens is then you're tuned up Mm -hmm. and you really are then you 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 know you're ready to take off Mm -hmm. and make some things happen as well Mm -hmm. so I I see that kind of happening you know in in this process
1: yeah I I really like that image and uh you know to extend it I think theologically, you know, I think for LF as we get tuned up, um, one of the things that we recover, which is pretty, pretty essential, is that this really was, you know, in its inception, God's idea, um, not ours. And I think that one of the places that LF is vulnerable um, now in the midst of 40 years of work and the fact that we've got you know, leadership foundations around the world and we've got, you know, our wheel of change and the three functions and we know how to actually kind of collect data and roll it out and tell the story and the explainer. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, What oftentimes will get pushed to the back um, is, remember everybody, this this was actually God's idea. And so I think in that retuning, Rick, I mean, that is what I think we hope is that we'll we'll have a kind of recovery of that. Um, and uh, and that that will will be a good thing. Yeah, I think so. And and I think uh, what's great about the work that
0: LF has been engaged in for this f- over four decades, it's not like uh, you know urbanization has drifted. It's not like you know it was started forty years ago and it was the perfection of the buggy whip. You know, <laughs> then oh, the you know that didn't that wasn't right. real, you know what I mean. Right, right. But but to be involved in something that you think like man, that, there's such foresight in you know in in what, what's going to happen and what has happened and what is happening in the world, you yeah. know, in terms of the world becoming, you know, major urban centers. Yeah. And, uh, and just even the, the idea that this is a blessing from God. Yeah. You
1: know. Yeah. So in fact, I think that's, that's, that's been one of the real personal benefits to me is in running the organization. Again, I get sometimes lost, you know, and what what was this all about in the first place? Um, and to remember that Reed Carpenter, who will be one of those chunks that we'll talk about, you know, him and Sam, and you know, to be able to just remember what was it that they saw in the midst of a world that still defined itself at that time, is not an urban reality, you right? Know, but suburban and rural. Um, but it's like Reed, what did you see? You know, what was it? And and. Uh, and then, you know, I think another important moment in Ellef's history that I think we'll try to talk about, Rick, uh, is the importance of a Ray Bakke. Um And Ray took this, this, just this charism in Reed that was just so alive and vibrant, and, you know, we're gonna take the hill. But, you know, it was really, it was really uh, Ray that just said, you know, Reed, whether you know it or not, you've actually tapped into something theologically that's been in the scriptures, uh, right. and has been written by the mothers and fathers of the church for a long time, and there was almost a moment where Reed, I remember, him kind of going, "Really?" I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, and the the marriage between this practitioner of the nth degree and Reed Carpenter, um, with this you know wonderful scholar of the nth degree and Ray right. and the fact that they two the two of them saw each other and recognized each other. Uh, as two coin or two sides to the same coin. I mean, just that that magic moment, um, you know, was was just critical. So I think to be able to talk about that and, you know, to have another moment that I think was really important, Rick, and that will be um, the fact that, and again, you think about the propheticness of this, but that from its inception, um, LF was global. Uh, there, there was right. something about Reed and the crew that they just said, look, this is not a a U.S. thing, any more than a, you know, Southern thing, than a Northern thing. It's it's a global thing, but again, this was way before anybody was talking about what it meant to be global. Right. And uh, and so there's just a number of of building blocks like that. I mean, the one I'm I'm going to be really curious to talk with you about, which I should add, you know, we we have some uh, with some scars uh, with regard to this, but you know pretty early on lf um, recognized that you know if you were serious about cities and them becoming playgrounds rather than battlegrounds this was not just a christian venture right Um, it it actually demanded people of of goodwill and so we began to work with you know as secular an organization or, or you know an initiative is the department of justice you know health and human services and I think to again recall and remember, um, what was it uh, about LF and its faith-based orientation that had enough common sense to kind of go, you know, but that that's a that's a false dividing line. Uh, that's something right. that uh, that I think you know we need to um you know work through so that we can actually work together even though we don't necessarily share the same faith perspective well that's a really important memory um and it's something that i think we want to you know to capture and uh, and and take a look at yeah, so, well it's it's
0: it's so insightful because you know i was i was watching a um a documentary about people that hoard You know the hoarder thing because I have just a tiny hoarding gene. You can see it in in my garage. You know, (laughs) the rest of the house is so you've been able to contain it to that. Yeah, just the garage. But but anyway, one of the things they were saying was uh, uh, part of the part of the the thinking of some folks that you know that are caught in this you know behavior pattern is that um, you know they're they're afraid they're that they're not going to be you know not going to have what they need someday. Right. So they mm-hmm. just got to And so what happens is they close themselves off from the rest of the, the, entire rest of the world, because they think, you know, if something happens, I got everything in my house is going to be, that's the only thing I have, mm. you know, and one of the therapies they have is to tell people, well, you know, uh, the people next door, you know, have some stuff. And then we have, you know, like the home Depot, you know, in town, <laughs> you know, and they, they try to get them to realize that, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's, All kinds of supply all around them, but we get into this thinking like, no, it's just me, right? And I think that uh, as an organization, that uh, that can happen. You know, people can say like, you know, well, and that's where I think the sacred, secular, and you know, the, you know, especially. I mean, I can't imagine how important the message of globalization and urbanization are in, especially in the current trends where everything's becoming, you know, nationalistic and, uh, you know, just it's just, it's almost, we're almost becoming, uh, sort of like, uh, global hoarders in some ways. So, you yeah. know, kind of, so, so it's, I think it's yeah. mo- more important and I'm so glad it's part of the DNA. Well,
1: you know, it's, it's your, your reflection, uh, triggers, you know, again, a memory that took place here just in the last month. We were, you know, I was with a board member and we were in a particular city and there's a group on the, on the ground that, you know, isn't a leadership foundation. Um, and the, but they're doing some great things. And so somehow this meeting comes together, and it's one of those classic meetings where they come in through one door, and, you know, me and mine come through the, another door. <laughs> and, uh, you know, before you know it, you, you realize that, that what they think is going to take place is that ELF is here to, you know, try to make them a leadership foundation and the whole bit. So I'll get into all the details. There was this moment where I, you know, was able to kind of say, you know, I, I want to Help maybe ease you know a little bit of this conversation. Um, I said we're we're not here with the idea that we want to help you become a leadership foundation, um, or <clears throat> you know there's no no deal to be made. And this one guy says, well, well I mean, what do you want then? You know, and kind of, you know <laughs> right. And so what we want is for you to play in this space um that we describe as you know the spiritual and social renewal of a city or the way lf describes it as helping cities become playgrounds um we think that lf is a model to help with that yeah, yeah but there are a lot of other models out there and so uh you know here's the lf model but even if you choose not to operationalize the lf model if that's the space you want to live in we want to be a resource a partner but well, you know, it's Rick. It was one of those moments where you could just feel, you know, the tension leave, you know, leave the room. And it's yeah. like, really, you're not here to kind of recruit us, or you know, kind of your, you know, way right. or, the, or the highway. And and I think again, I, the reason I bring that up is I remember early on with Reed uh, and the crew um, being, you know, I don't know if "discipled" is the right word, but certainly mentored in this idea that LF. Uh, you know, if it's good and right and of God is a gift that we received, give it away. Just just give it away. And and oh, by the way, we think the organization will probably grow, but that's not the end game. You know, the end game is get people playing in the space together from different denominations, from different organizational perspectives that want to see cities flourish, uh, you know, uh, Rather than diminish. Well, and
0: one of the things that uh, lf's helped me with in my thinking is, uh, I, I grew up uh, hearing, you know, sort of this narrative that uh, somebody's going to go into the city and start, you know, doing something. So that's when God's going to show up,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know.
0: And learning, you know, through you just you know uh, what I've learned from you and from you know just the the LF history and also, uh, you, you know, just the the principles of uh, you know the city as a playground is just that God's Already, I mean, he's been at work. He is at work, and that we have the opportunity to sometimes, you know, get involved in that. Right. Yeah. But I do think that that I've heard that a lot, where people are saying, "Hey, we're gonna, you're gonna start something, get involved in something, and that's gonna be the first time that, you know, anything redemptive has ever happened." Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and and you know, and again, that's the power I think of memory um, is is as we you know kind of recover, um, you know, repurpose, reuse, um, LF, we couldn't tell our story in any honest way. Uh, if we didn't immediately recognize that we stand on the shoulders, you know, of mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers, that's so, what will never be known. I mean, their story won't be told, the book won't be written, but, but anybody that's honest, um, you know, acknowledges that that's exactly what she said, and that ultimately, you know, its origin is the Holy Spirit herself. Um, And, uh, you know, she incarnated herself in a city uh, and in cities uh, everywhere. I mean, it's it's this great notion that, that here is the city, the bride, you know, of Christ, and we now get to come in and witness to that. Reality that is already taking place. It's not something we bring, you know, with us. So yeah, and uh,
0: recently I was, uh, you know, googling away at the, the Fertile Crescent, kind of an interesting place mm-hmm. to find yourself. But, but you know, we were, I was uh, studying uh, part of Genesis, you know, and talking about sort of the cradle of civilization and all that. And uh, of course, they're saying, you know, the, the two rivers, you know, the Tigris and the Euphrates, and they're, you know, trying to take a guess at where things were. And, uh, and, uh, and it was because a friend of mine was telling me that, you know, he said, you know, you and I are uh, Iraqi. And I said, are we he goes, yeah, because you know, Abraham, <laughs> Abraham, you know, yeah. uh, came from, you know, Ur which, which is, Chaldees, in, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's, uh, in, you know, currently in Iraq. So those are our brothers and sisters and stuff. So, uh, we were, I was involved in that, that kind of process of thinking that way. And, uh, one of the things that I was reading was the fact that, uh, you know, this group of people uh, are credited with, you know, just innovation, you know, the wheel, the, you know, agriculture, you know, instead of just, you know, letting things volunteer themselves, they started cultivating all mm-hmm, this stuff. But mm-hmm. then one of the things they said is, uh, they're credited as being uh, the first city builders, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. they realized that, you know, cities were, uh, a huge blessing, you know, to a population of people because all the services are consolidated and they, you know, and then when, then you start to grow from that into, you know, the whole uh, Athenian, uh, you know, Aristotle, you know, designing what the polis is and how everybody can, you yep. know, can get in, involved in the public space and, I mean, all that stuff. And it yeah. just, it, when I was reading about it, it just, I thought, wow, like LF has been all over this. Yeah. You know, this is, this is some stuff that goes beyond, this is prior to read. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean it's just it's important to to think back and say "Wow, you know this is what God has been you know doing yeah
1: I mean it's it is I just I chuckle in part because I I just can't tell you how many (laughs) moments where there was probably a little bit of a sense of okay you know these everything started with Sam and and Reed and you know particularly Ray Bakke um but there were others um Dale Urban who's a uh Good friend, and he's the president of New York Theological Seminary. But some of these big brain guys, they very subtly would listen to, of course, our story and say, "Well, you know, I mean, not not to kind of you know <laughs> rain on the parade, but there was this guy by the name of Augustine that wrote the City of God back in the fifth century. It's yeah. like, and to LF's credit, you know, people have been like, really? <laughs> I mean, and, <laughs> well, and, and and to kind of recover that and say. Yeah. You know, we are an important piece in this story, but it, it we were not the originators of the story. But
0: that's how comical it is if you show up and think that, hey, guess what, we've arrived and you know, we're here somehow, yeah. you know, and so but to realize that we're nested in, you know, what God has been, you know, doing and how God is at work. But man, it is it is more relevant, you know, today than uh, at any point in history that yeah. we know of, yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, and and maybe to put a final point on that, too, I think just on a very practical level, Rick, because I'm a part of a lot of meetings where, and again, it's, it's sad, and thus I laugh a little bit, but you'll come into a meeting and people will be sitting at the table and, you know, it's almost like you want to put on the agenda, okay, open in prayer, second agenda item for 20 minutes flex on why you know you think your organization is you know the most important thing here because it's just what happens and right and just how different meetings would be um, if you showed up with the recognition that you're just simply the current steward uh, of something that has long ago preceded you yeah and you know hope against hope will you know long be here after you and and just you know you you occupy this this small piece of time well that that i think would go a long ways towards leavening you know a lot of conversations and taking a lot of the hubris and you know other kind of ego intensive things out of this that would help us with conversations
0: yeah and i think uh not to uh you know double back and and recommend our prior podcast but but I that's what I'm doing. But really when when we read uh in the in the scriptures that we should remember, you know, especially when it comes to the Eucharist, you know, the, the the whole Eucharistic process or, you know, the you know, the facets of that where we've talked about, um, that's a pretty good guide on what we should be remembering. It really is.
1: It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in fact I think just because you opened it up i think it's a perfect tie-in that probably every good memory you know if it's a if it's a if it's an actual memory over and against you know some fiction you know that we sort of put together uh, one of the ways you could probably measure it is is it have this taken quality you Uh know something that that it probably everyone acknowledges took place as a result of other um you know, does it have a blessing? You know, was there an inherent, embedded idea that it actually could make people, you know, a nation, a country, a city better? Right. You know, where's the broken element, you know, in the memory? Uh, some rupture, some place of, you know, kind of white knuckle or, you know, despair? Uh, and then finally, how did this memory ultimately give, you know, itself to others? I and mean, I think that's a, a yeah. beautiful application. Yeah,
0: and I think especially as we record this we're just on the eve of uh you know the the celebration uh, we call it celebration but the you know the observance of even you know good friday and mm-hmm. easter sunday so i think those uh those are things that we should think about you know in, in our own context but also uh those become you know i think great great just guides for us you know when we when we start to take this journey through 40 years together so that's what we're that's where we're headed mm-hmm. and i look forward to conversations uh, uh not only with but about uh, some of the great founders and some of the great events that have happened in the past 40 years so
1: absolutely I look
0: forward to it and again if you have any uh questions or you you know maybe you have an, a memory you think hey you guys don't don't forget this part this was a big part of the, uh, the journey then uh, send all your questions to info at leadership time. Thank you, Rick. All right, see
1: okay.